My name is Wazir. My name is John Muhammad, and we're your hosts for the Business Building Blocks podcast. How you doing today? I'm excited. What about you? I'm excited too. Ready to keep helping our listeners build their businesses and the ones who have businesses grow them even larger. You know, that's right. That's very right. inspiring. We've been getting a lot of great feedback from people also. So, all right. Shout out to the listeners who have been telling their friends about what we're doing. We're a small operation, but. As you can see, we're consistent and we're very dedicated to get y'all this information. Yeah, it's the content that's important. And it's the purpose, you know, that uh, we're serving the need. It's the people that we're fulfilling their need for. Right. And uh, we definitely got a lot of work to do in terms of nation building, kingdom building, community building. And we believe by building businesses, we build communities and we empower a people. You know, we no longer could we just wait on uh, registering to vote or voting to be an end-all for all our uh, solutions for all our problems. Right. And there's some responsibility for us to do that we're capable of doing, that we're responsible for doing, aside, in addition to the political process. Mm. And that's economic development. So when people have their businesses, and we talk a lot about products and customer service. We talk about the customer's experience when they're coming into your store, mm -hmm. how things should be, the experience they should have when they're dealing with you. Right. But what type of experience should they have? In, what type of experience what should they have interacting with your product, basically? You know, we, we talked about a professional image, you know, the, the business person or the customer service relationships with your employees. But look, what about the aesthetics? You know, on, on previous um, uh, podcasts, we talked about your signage, your communication, your, your documentation. But today we need to talk about your displays, you know, your, your uh, merchandise uh, shelving, your, your displays, how you how you present your product. Right. You know, that's important as well. You know, let, let's let's use the modern methods of, of uh, doing business. You know, just because we may be a, a small business, we may not be a multi-business or a multinational corporation, mm -hmm. doesn't mean we shouldn't have a professional image, a professional presentation. Right. All that matters. You know, that's important, especially for sales. And I guess it's particular to your business. So this is for people who actually have a product that they would be setting up, not necessarily for someone who has, like, necessarily a service. Like a plumber is not necessarily setting up anything, but this is for somebody who may be selling shoes or right. clothing or something like that. Well, you say, you mentioned construction. Um, you know, I worked in that field in construction and in, in home building. Right. Well, home builders usually have a model home, and that that model home would be like uh, 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 displaying what what our product looked like in the finished stage. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the presentation of that model home inside of that model home, you're gonna see furnishing, you're gonna see wallpaper, you're gonna see uh, upgrades, like the type of flooring, the upgrade types of flooring. You have different selections that you can make. So you're going to have samples 
mm. of different wood flooring, different tile flooring, different marble countertops. You see, so you want to present that in the in the best way possible. Uh, your products. See, this is what you're selling. These are sales aids. You know, some of that could be print. You know, print uh, media. Uh, you know, in the virtual space, it's going to be your ads in uh, your, your your social media ads. Okay, that's a, I like that social media aspect. So if you're selling <clears throat> something and you want to show it to people on social media, you have to be aware of how you're presenting it. Right. If you can, maybe invest in something like a photographer. That's true. Because you mentioned construction, but we actually know somebody who's a photographer who takes pictures of homes for realtors. Right. So they could just go in there with their phone and be like, hey, this is my house if you want to buy this, but they're investing in a photographer. Well, you know, a lot of realtors are, are in the internet space. Mm-hmm. And they have a website, you know. Um, you know, uh, HAR.com is what comes to mind. Um, the real, real estate uh, site. Right. Uh, so th- when you, you can go toward that home virtual, you know, uh, um, a virtual tour of the home where they have on that site, you have pictures of the, out, the exterior. Right. The pictures of the interior. Mm-hmm. And you may even have a video. And these are all quality, is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. So this this is what we mean uh, about sales aids, you know, and that's in the that's in the virtual space, but even in your physical store, um, you want your clothing, you want to have store fixtures that you're, you're that you're hanging your shirts on or your your tops, you know, even if you have shelving, you want to have all that uh, properly displayed. You know, you can have a, you know, in the store, if uh, even in a in a Walmart, say to speak, and it, it's it's almost like a warehouse. But even if you have a abundance of 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 one item stacked up, it's just not stacked up like it's in a warehouse. They they'll stack it in a decorative way. You know, even if it's soldiers, you you're in the corner store. You know, you go in there, they they have made something. A design with the with the with the sto- uh, with the soda stacked up, mm-hmm. and maybe it'd be color coordinated or whatever. I've I've seen that around football season where they'll stack up the sodas to look like a football player or right. shape it like a grill, like yeah. a you know, like a barbecue pit. That, that's what I mean. You want you want to be creative with that, you know, uh, with your signage, you know, with your displays, and um, uh, uh, sometimes the vendor. Uh, will come in and fix their own display. They'll build up. They'll build their own display to present their product. You know that 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 aids in sales. When I I recently well I didn't read but I listened to the audio book of Kevin Hart's new book. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but check him out. It's Kevin Hart's book is very inspirational to any entrepreneur. But he was talking about when he worked in the in the foot store in a shoe store. Shoe store. And a Nike rep used to come. And then tell them how to set up whatever shoe they were, were releasing that week in their store. So if you go to a Foot Lock or anything, there's a certain setup with the new Nike shoe or the new Adidas shoe. It's yeah. somebody's job to come there and tell that store how they want it to look when the customer's looking through the window yeah. or when they come in, the little blocks that they sit on and rotate the shoe. Mm-hmm. They have all that thought out and planned out. That's true. They're not just sitting it on the table or something like that. It, you know, in, in merchandising, in stores, shelving, mm-hmm. 
it's a science to that. Mm. You know, whatever's on the eye level is your premium space. And you know the generic stuff is out of reach. It's usually up high or down low. Mm. And, you know, your, that's where your, your, you know, the lower price or your generic stuff will be. And your premium price is going to be high level. Right. You know, uh, that end cap that in, on the aisle, the end cap is very valuable. You know, they decorate that end cap. And uh, even at the register, these are convenient items, you know. Might be gum, might be yeah, you batteries displays, or something. You know, while you're waiting to check out, you got displays, magazines, candy, other items, uh, convenient items. Mm. And, and, uh, and, and now a lot of the clerks... Uh, do suggestive selling, you know, you know, you you know, you got two of these Snicker bars for a dollar or whatever, you know, you know, you want to you you, you want to get that along with your with your purchase at the local Valero. Mm-hmm. They add they do suggestive selling to add add to the uh, bottom line. Right, so they're rotating this based on their needs. So if mm-hmm. they need to get rid of a product, they'll set it up right there by the register and put, right. yeah, and have you like, okay, can I? Yeah. Or if something is in style, like you'll go into gas stations now and you'll see fidget spinner. Yeah. Fidget spinner sitting right there, which those are starting to kind of dip down, but mm-hmm. you'll see them everywhere you go still. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay. They just added that to their inventory and to their product placement setup. Yeah, a product placement. That's, yeah. What, that's, what, that's what we're driving at. You want to be conscious of that. You want to be aware of that. And you want to present your, your product in the most advantageous way. Mm-hmm. So you talk about where can they get these? You, I see we have uh, buystorefixtures.com. We talk about the hangers and things for the clothing for the people. Yeah. Maybe somebody want to set up a store. That's one place you can get it. Or yeah, you know, um, you wanna you wanna research those um, fixtures. You know what you need. The the easiest way to research is the internet. Mm-hmm. You do your Google search or whatever. Um, but those uh, fixtures are accessible, you know. And you can get creative with it. Like, I set up a, um, you know, when I'm performing or something, I sell my T-shirts. One time I was doing a show, and I remember John, who's filming right now, mm-hmm. he had some pipes that he had put together and made right. fixtures to hang clothes on. Right. So we used that at the show, but that's what he uses for his clothing. So, right. so it was just some pipes and some... You're talking about affordable. Yeah, yeah. Fixtures. If they wanted to just put them together and it still looks kind of artsy, I, I think. I remember the first time I purchased some store fixtures. And uh, it was for a small boutique where we were selling. We used to sell T-shirts and also. And uh, we had the tape connection. Right. And we wanted to uh, just put our shirts on display. Mm-hmm. And we seen, I think was in the paper, newspaper, whatever, about... Uh, used store fixtures sale. They had a sale. So we got a bargain. We bought it. Uh, we got a bargain on the, on the deal. Right. And we put them in our, in our tape connection. And they were able to display our, our merchandise a lot better, more professional. Mm-hmm. And even if, you know, we talk about vending, you know, you set up a booth at a, at a convention, mm-hmm. a trade show. Um, you can get that standard table that they give you. But you want to dress that table. You want to put a, a, a tablecloth on it. You want a skirt on it. You may even have a banner, you know, on your table. You can have a, a vertical banner that you sit your weight 
uh, adjacent to your table or, or behind you. You, you want to invest in that, uh, those sales aids. And your, your booth and your product will stand out. Right. I've even seen, like, I think a lot of clothing people have mannequins and stuff. But they have those wire mannequins, mm -hmm. though probably a little cheaper for the people who are setting up vending uh, yeah. tables like that. I've seen people have those little wire mannequin human-shaped things. Mm -hmm. I've seen uh, people who sell books have a mini bookshelf on the yeah. table. You know what I mean? Yeah, and also uh, book stands. Book stands, right. Um, that, to be able to... And, be able to display your product. Mm. Uh, you may be able to consult your your supplier for those uh, sales aids. And again, you can do your homework, research. Do your research. I think this is a good time to go to our sponsors. Okay. As always, each and every week, our first sponsor is Nations Products. You can like them on Facebook at Nations Products. They are literacy advocates. Basically, they want to help your children read and they want to help you do that, <laughs> right? Yeah, we want to talk about some, some new titles. Uh, the Chemistry Book for Children. Uh, you know, oftentimes they say our children uh, has an aversion to math and science. It's too hard for us. Mm -hmm. And that's a myth, you know? And we talked about it previously. That's a myth. We just need to be taught properly. We need to be introduced to these subjects matter early. So we we got a book here on Nation's Products called Chemistry for Children. It's an introductory um, course for children, young children, introducing them to the elements that you find on a periodic table. And for example, our children, the young children, they could understand the sun. You know, you see the picture of the sun, and you see helium. Yeah, it's on the first page, ain't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, right so, there. So helium, the hydrogen. sun is, is made of uh, hydrogen. I'm sorry. Yeah, hydrogen. Hydrogen. And the balloons are filled with helium. Yep. That's what causes the balloon to rise. Exactly. You know, but our children can see those uh, uh, real-life practical applications of chemistry. Right. And again, we have Nadine's 19 Recipes. Uh, the uh, cookbook, recipe book uh, for healthy uh, diet, you know, healthy living. Right. Uh, you can find that. Now, you, you go to Nation's Products Facebook page, like the page, and you'll find a link where you can acquire these these uh, titles. Again, we have this uh, Please Baby Please by Spike Lee and Tanya Lewis Lee. Uh, this is a very popular title. Uh, children's book. But we have to empower our children with images of themselves. And again, that builds their self-esteem. So we, uh, Nation Products, are literacy advocates, and we want to uh, build self-esteem in our children. All right. And we have time for a public service announcement? Yes, we do. The Final Call newspaper. And, you know, uh, Minister Farrakhan was banned recently. Well, he'd been banned in the U.K. for some time. But recently they had a pre-recorded um, lecture, that event that he was supposed to present there. And uh, they uh, uh, um, canceled uh, their permit. Permit didn't allow them to present. And again, they are threatened. The U.K. is threatened by... Uh, 
the message, uh, an independent black message that's going to uh, free the minds of our people. And uh, not just in the, in, in the U.K., but in America and throughout the world. Uh, our people are awakening. And that's because we're telling our story. We're putting our message out there. And that's only done by independent media. So thefinalcall.com. Support, look them up on the internet, thefinalcall.com. Support independent media. And, and by, by doing that, we tell our story and we empower ourselves. And uh, I like also like to mention the economic blueprint, the economicblueprint.org. It's an economic development fund that's established by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for the um, the elimination of poverty in our community by first purchasing farmland. We want to purchase 200 million acres of farmland, and we return to the land, and then we can feed ourselves. And to acquire this land, we're only asking for all of the wage earners in our community to, to donate five cents a day. Mm. It's only 35 cents a week per person, and that's only $18.20 a year. We'll raise millions of dollars, and we can. And this is a attainable goal. I mean, who don't have a nickel? Right. And like I say, sales tax, and that's just one form of tax, is $0.08 cents in, in Houston. Per dollar is eight cent per dollar, and how many how many dollars you spend a day? Mm. Even if you rode the bus, you're gonna spend more than a dollar because it's a dollar one way. And you're gonna spend it's a dollar twenty five in Houston. So you're gonna spend more than that, and, and and just on a bus ride. So let's invest in ourselves. Let's tax ourselves. That's economicblueprint.org. Mm. All right. Well, there's something that's been going on in the news lately. I know a lot of people have seen it. The controversy with Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. And I don't know if a lot of people know this about you, but you were actually a football player in your younger days. In yeah. high school and all that. You used to knock people's block off, as you told me, uh, playing linebacker. Uh, did, I never asked you this, but did you ever think about playing in the in the league? Did you ever think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm just like any other uh, young young boy growing up uh, idolizing professional athletes mm -hmm. and wanting to aspire to the pros. You know, I want to go to pro, you know, and you want to go to pro as Little League. Right, right. <laughs> That's about, what they tell you, yeah. yeah you set your goal. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I'm i not that big of a person, you know, not in, in stature, but in heart. You know, I had a big heart. Right. You know, I had, had a fight, had a, had a tiger inside of me. Uh, but uh, I wanted to play cornerback because that was more of uh, my size. But because of uh, my passion on the field and tackling, you know, uh, they moved me. First, they moved me from cornerback to uh, defensive end. And, wow. uh, you know, <laughs> I was I was taking out the, the running backs and the quarterbacks and sacking the quarterbacks and very aggressive. So they ended up moving me to middle linebacker. I probably was the smallest middle linebacker uh, in the district, but had the highest sacks. Golly. <laughs> because before those big linemen could stand up, I'm in the backfield, mm. sacking the quarterback or the running back. So, yeah, I, I aspired to uh, go to the pros. But when we move to that next level now, the college level, right. then I'm out of position for my weight class and height class. Right. 
And but why, the reason I brought that up, because I bet in that time, we're not even thinking that when we get to that level, we see a lot of people who look like us on that level uh, playing on the field. Mm-hmm. But we don't realize in those owner seats that it's not a lot of people that look like us. Yeah. And they have the ability to dictate your destiny within that world. Yeah, and then yeah. very few of us make it that far to the pros. Right. And uh, and I went, you know, just personal disclosure, and I, I think a lot of young uh, black athletes go through this depression. You know, what I'm going to do now? You know, all of this time I've been, uh, maybe literally uh, middle school, high school, you've been focusing on sports. Right. You're, 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 maybe several sports, you know. And now you now you got, you didn't make the scholarship, you didn't make the college team. Uh, so now what I'm going to do with the rest of my life? Now I got to think about a career. Now I need to be responsible. Mm. And what I'm going to do with the rest of my life? You know, I need to find myself. And now it's late in the game now that I start taking life more seriously. You know, and then I got it together and uh, started, uh, went to college uh, academically. Uh, but I think a lot of us get lost in that space mm-hmm. and, and, and sometimes get involved in the, uh, self-destructive things, you know. Yeah, I do. I know a lot of people who um, who had their eyes set on a professional career in right. athletics and it didn't work out. And now they're looking around trying to figure out what they want to do. That's the thing with a lot of people that if you don't know what you want to do, I was telling a friend of mine, who was trying to figure out which direction to go in. And I was like, and they kept saying, well, everything seems like I'll get lost in it. I'll get lost. And I told him, I was like, look, if you don't know where you're going, every direction going to feel like you're getting lost because you don't know where you're going. It's just like, so anything you choose. So if you had your mindset on that, then any other direction feels like it's not the one. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, from going from a boy to a man, uh, you got to uh, make decisions. You're going to adulthood now, and you want to be a— a productive uh, citizen, but you want to be a husband to your wife. You want to be a provider. You want to be able to have a home and and support your lifestyle. And any children that bring that come from that relationship, you want to be a father. So you ha- you have to be responsible. You have to be a provider. You have to secure that family. So now, you know, if I'm going to be a, a an adult man, a responsible husband and a father. I need to be gangfully employed. I don't know what I want to do. You know, I should have prepared myself and started been thinking about a career choice early in life. But maybe I didn't have that type of uh, uh, mentorship mm-hmm. uh, uh, counseling. But as a as a young person, we need to begin to try things out. Right. We need to start acquiring our work history. It may not be the job you ultimately want to do, but do a job, gain mm-hmm. experience, gain knowledge. Find out if you like it or dislike it. But right. you got to get involved. You got to take action. You know, you got to take a constructive step. You know, we talked about uh, self-esteem being associated with our job. Uh, what you do is not who you are. And it may just be a temporary situation. I'm working at the fast food restaurant. It's temporary. Because you gaining, you you're earning a living, or you earning an income, you gaining experience, you gaining knowledge. One day you may move up into management of that restaurant if you take it serious, if you qualify yourself. 
if you go and get additional training and get additional education in addition to your work history. Charlemagne says in his book, <laughs> you got to uh, you gotta deal with, while you're chasing your dreams, you still got to deal with your reality. That's right. Yeah, so I, I totally understand that. Because you don't always get to do what you want to do when you want to do it. But as long as you're moving forward, that's the good thing about it. It's not too late. Like, you can still do. Yeah. Nothing is out of reach or out of the question in this day and time. With all the different, you know, resources we have. Yeah. Yeah, everything is up. But what we were talking about was Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, let's go back to Colin Kaepernick. What do you think about how they're doing him and, and what does that mean for the athlete who wants to stick up for his own people but is afraid he'll lose his job in the process? Well, you know, all of, all of the great uh, athletes had that trial. They had that cross to bear. If we look at uh, Muhammad Ali, you know, he risked the title, you know. But the principle was more important. The cause is more important than your personal career. But you got to be, uh, you got to be um, a man of principles. You know, you got to be principally braced. So, uh, and, and the cause has to be uh, most important in your life, in your mind. Mm. And then in that way, uh, you know, sports is a game. It's a game. It's not. It's not life and death. And the destiny of a people is more important than that game. You know, like uh, he 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 decided not to participate in the Vietnam War. Now Colin Kaepernick is protesting against uh, police brutality, these uh, unjustified shootings. You know, so uh, Mike Michael Brown's death or those other uh, slain. Unjustly, their death is more important than football. You know, they want to uh, sing the national anthem and, and, and lack his peaches and cream while we are dying. Mm-hmm. Well, the brother takes a knee, and they want to focus on him taking a knee instead of focusing on the issue in which caused him to take a knee. Right. You know? And then I would like to take it further in those uh, other athletes that we idolize as young young boys and black men in general, we are under some type of mind control when it comes to sports. We're paralyzed, like in the movie Get Out. You know, we're in that sunken place. Mm-hmm. You know, we focus on some things that are not, re- that, that don't really matter in the whole scheme of things. It's a game at the end of the day. But we are basing our life on it. And, the, and, and we, we're, we're occupying our son's life on it. We're not teaching our son's business skills, uh, knowledge of finance and that type of thing, and preparing them to be industry leaders or world leaders. We're preparing them for a game. Right. You know, you could teach a monkey how to do a flip. You know, you could teach a dog to go fetch it. You know, he'll fight, he'll take this stick, and you throw the stick, and he he go get it and run back, right? Well, you you can do that to us. Run up and down the field, run up and down the court. Mm. You know, it's a game. It's some principles that, like we talked about chess, that you can gain from that. You can teach uh, life skills while you're training the young man. Yeah, you need to apply those skills and not be stuck. Yeah, I had a conversation about that the other day, how I I thought that a lot of times people who are doing a business, they have a hard time putting themselves out there. But what you learn from sports, and especially sports where you have to be by yourself, like I, I was in Povo, 
John was was a pitcher and did baseball. When you come up to that plate, everybody watching you who ain't on your team want you to mess up. They want right. you to fail. When I'm on that runway, everybody who's not with me, which is everybody else out there, <laughs> they want me to fail. Not only that, I was the only black dude out there, too, so right. they definitely wanted me to fail. It's an individual sport. It's an individual sport. They want you to lose. Even in basketball, when you get to that when you get to that foul line and you're about to shoot, everybody who's not on your team wants you to fail. So when you get into the business world, Business is warfare. Your competition wants you to lose. People who are on social media who don't have a business looking at you like, ah, look at him. He need to get a real job. They want you to fail. So a lot of people feel, you know, they, they don't feel too confident in going out, out, putting themselves out there saying, this is my business. This is what I offer because they feel like, ah, this isn't legitimate. People might not like it. They might not buy it. But when you come from that sports world, you're almost like, well, I'm about to go anyway. This is what I'm about to do. And you're going to meet and overcome all and, and that's where you'll find a lot of the, the uh, ex-professional quarterbacks and leaders in sports. Right. You'll find them leading corporations. Yeah, Because that's it true. takes that, you're a winner. You know, you, you, you're going to inspire your team to accomplish your goal. You're goal-orientated. That's what it's about. You see, you have to be able to transfer those skills to life, to something that matters, something that, that's meaningful. So, now, that's what's real. That's what's real. And we need to communicate that to all of those uh, black athletes because in unity we have power. They won't have a professional league without our participation. Right. You know, we the leading talents out there. We'll see how much black lives matter if they none of them play the game. Right. Then what? Yeah. And then if if and, and then if we uh, are not captured psychologically with a game and start looking at the issues that matter. Now we want to uh, we want to wage that we can live off of. You know, we we want a livable wage. This minimum wage right now, we living in poverty. You can't even uh, um, take care of your home or pay a mortgage off a of minimum wage. People on minimum um, that's working full time, they have to get assistance, you know, like food stamps, uh, um, uh, charities in order to live, and you're working full time. There's a, such a thing as a full time employed but homeless. There's some homeless people that work full job, full time mm-hmm. job, and live in shelters. Something wrong with that, and we need to mobilize in order to address that, because these companies don't want to pay uh, the the minimum wage. You know, they want to cut costs. It's a lot of, of greed labor. in that. Yeah, because it, how much would it really affect their bottom line? I mean, it probably affected a little bit, but. What they don't get to buy another yacht or whatever? What's to you know what I mean to balance off? Because shouldn't the minimum wage reflect the, what it takes to live? Is that what the minimum wage is based on? Be. That's what it should be, but it's not. It's not rising with inflation and the cost of living. Okay. And and those uh, at the top, the one percent, uh, that's hoarding all these uh, all this um, wealth. They're holding. They're hoarding the wealth. And uh, they uh, want us to believe in that economics, that trickle-down economics, mm-hmm. where if the rich get richer, well, they're going to hire more people. That's just not true. It's not true. The opposite is true. If you give the money to the poor, the poor will go out and spend it in, in consumption. They will, they will spend the money, and that will cause you to increase your inventory, and that's going to stimulate the economy. But giving it to the 1%, they, you know, they can only they can only live in so many big mansions. Uh, they can only drive so many cars. They, you know, this billionaire is not gonna 
uh, buy a million cars. You see what I mean? You know, empower the poor. And in this two-political system, you know, we in the politics, this two-party political system, one party, the uh, conservative or Republican party, they advocate for the rich, the 1% class, the billionaires, the millionaires. And then the Democratic Party, they advocate for the middle class. That's interesting because we all saw this election and we see what's going on in the country right now. Uh, the KKK was just protesting in Charlottes- Charlottesville, um, Carolina. Carolina. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is, is a lot of those um, they call them the alt-right or the, the, the white, Nazi, yeah. white supremacist. A lot of those people are middle class to to in poverty or like, you know. Well, you know. You know but they support the right because they think that they're supporting yeah. them, but they, they not. Want, they want their country back. Yeah, what is you that? Know, they, want, they want to take their country back. And their representative is in office, uh, Mr. Trump. And uh, who are they going to take their country back from? They think that the, the blacks and the Hispanics have taken uh, uh, the minority, so-called minorities, who are really the majority worldwide. <laughs> they are the minority, and that's the real problem. See, what's not being said, what do they mean that you would not take our place? They was chanting, you know, you would not take our place. They are the, uh, the, the white male uh, was the one that this country was set up for. You see, he was in power. He had the land. He made the laws. He was able to vote. The white woman couldn't vote, and the black slaves couldn't vote. And the Indians were, uh, they committed genocide against the Indians. So they couldn't vote. So it was the, uh, the, the white male that owned land. He was in power. But now his population is at 0% growth or negative. He got negative population growth. And so that's why they have to put up the wall. Because our Hispanic brown brothers and sisters, they're doing the work. They're in the fields. You know, we refuse to go back to the fields. We're scarred. We're like, I don't, I don't want to do the field. They're doing the construction trade. They're building this country. They're maintaining this country. That's who's working in the hotels, you know, uh, the housekeeping in the hotels. That's who's doing the landscaping. That's do, do, doing the crop work and doing the, the, the uh, construction. You know, how you going to get rid of your labor force? Because they're, they're not really willing to do that. The rich is not <laughs> doing it. They're betraying this uh, this royal, uh, red-blooded, white uh, male. <laughs> that's been, his job is being exported overseas, you see. And the and army? Those in, what well, do you mean by well, that? I mean in foreign uh, labor markets. Oh, okay. The jobs, the corporations, they move their operation overseas to India, uh, China or somewhere else where, man, where the, the world's manufacturing is done, the bulk of it is done in China, is no longer being made in America. Even the cap that, that uh, Trump was using in his campaign, uh, Make America Great, it was made in China. You know, if you make the products here, if you build industry here, you would employ the American people. But if you export the jobs, the cheap labor markets, and foreign markets, and the corporations are doing that. Those in political power are doing that. We occupying your ghettos. We occupying your prisons. You gunning us down in the street. How are we the problem? We being scapegoated into that class of whites that's misguided. They misguided because by attacking us, it's not going to improve their condition. 
You got your representative in office. You got your the the the, uh, the conservatives. They got the majority. They got the White House. They got the Congress. You see, they got the Senate, and they got the Supreme Court. So what you blaming us for? You know, you blame yourself. And and as times move forward, that he told him he was bringing back. Um, coal mines and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff is dated. It's not coming back. So what they need to do is to start rethinking what they want to be a part of. Like tech is moving forward, yeah. things like that. And it's like and, and clean energy. You think they would be investing in solar and uh, what's the other one? Uh, the green energy. Oh yeah, like yeah. Gas. Mm-hmm. What, what basically what it is oh, wind, is wind, wind power, wind power, and that's what you know. Akon is doing in Africa. Yeah. So um, Africa, China, Europe, they're investing in solar. They're investing in green energy, alternate energy, but we holding on to fossil fuels and coal. Yeah, they they just in a time that's not is not. If your population is not growing, you're basing your economy in industries that don't exist anymore and are not going to be there in the future. Everything you're doing is in the past. It's not right. going back there. You are not going to be a supreme. You're not going to be in supreme rule no more. Right. It's more of everybody else. It's just like you have to adapt with the times. That's what I, right. I believe. That's and, my advice and, and, and to the all right. They, they lost their wisdom. They they confused now. Yeah, and they they continue to push white supremacy, which is a, which is a false concept. It's a myth. You are not superior because of your skin color. It's not based in any science whatsoever. No. <laughs> it's a lie. Yeah, it's not true. You know, it was justification for you raping and robbing and and, and murdering the people of, of the earth, committing genocide and stealing. You know, make America great. When was America great? It's built on genocide and slavery. When was it great? You know, after slavery, you, you talk about Jim Crow, you know, they had us as second-class citizens, uh, and our, our Indian brothers and sisters was uh, re- relegated to um, uh, reservations. Reservations. Mm-hmm. You see, the few that remain, and uh, we we are in their prisons, we're in their ghettos, right? We second-class. So, when were you great? You know. The war on drugs, where the citizen was unfair. You see, crack cocaine got the stiffer sentences, and we got the three strikes and you in, you you get life. You know, and a whole generation was incarcerated of black males. And they are, um, we talk about the drug industry who is manipulating the public. They are becoming richer and richer off Middle America. This demographic overdosing on oxycotton and different right. stuff like that. These people are dying every day, but they still mad at us. That's not us who's doing no, that. We sense. don't own the pharmaceutical companies. They don't want to string it. You know, got their whole. So many of them are strung out on this stuff, right? And we don't own that. We don't. <laughs> we, we're not. We're not. We're not even growing the, the marijuana. <laughs> that, yeah, that ain't we're us. Not, we're not even growing the loud. I well, mean, Snoop, it, I think Snoop Dogg in the game, them they probably got some uh, Wiz Khalifa. But in the majority, we don't grow it. I don't advocate that, <laughs> yeah. you know, because one of the first crops that we were made to harvest was tobacco. Was tobacco, and look at all of the health uh, uh, damaging to our health that tobacco uh, has done. 
all the cancer death. And then there, uh, these drugs, these intoxicants, we also were, were made to grow sugar cane that was an ingredient in alcohol. And they were, you know, we became drunk, you know, intoxicated. Yeah. And that's part of our undoing. Now we're addicted to alcohol. We're addicted to tobacco. We're addicted to uh, cocaine or whatever drug uh, intoxicant. And we're we not dealing with life, you know, the, the, the issues of life. We're not, we, it's breaking our families and our communities. And, and they want to blame North Korea. Yeah, what's up? All of a sudden. At first, it was this war on terror. I'm kind of, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. Every time I look and I see North Korea trending, I don't think that they're going to drop the bomb, but I'm like, but what if they do, though? Like, what are we going to do? Like, can well, we survive? See, see, basically, they build up this arsenal, and they police the world by fear. You know, I'm going to threaten you. I'm threatening you uh, with this bomb. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, we had a war. The U.S. had a war back in the 50s with with uh, North Korea and where they carpet bombed North Korea where over 5 million people died, lost their life. Oh, so that's so, the root of this? Yeah, we have a, we have a, 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 a history of uh, uh, our foreign policy toward North Korea, you know, trying to prevent the spread of communism. That was the pretext. You know, we threaten. How are you threatening over here? All these oceans are in the way. These people can't reach you. But you threatened by communism. You threatened by the idea of a different political system, uh, economic system. Right. That's what you threatened by. So you go and you 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 carpet bomb these people. Well, now they got a leader that's not afraid of you. You you big bad wolf. You know, you, you know, we're not afraid of you. I didn't know five million people died like yeah. that. Yeah. And um, so now the U.S. is policing the world. They're in the Middle East. They're in Africa. They're in the, the uh, eyes of the Pacific. Threatening, you know, warmongering, mm. you know. And so how, well, what should we be doing? Because this leading to something. This leading to war. World War. What should we do if if America uh, make these mistakes, you know, militarily, and uh, we are no longer able to depend on people? That's not hiring us anyway. By the way, we the last hired and first fired. So the question must be: What should we do mm. in this uh, political environment? The war is on the horizon. What should we be about? For one thing, we need to support those who stand up, like Colin Kaepernick. And uh, we need to look at the economic alternatives. You know, whenever you want to break a company, a country, they use sanctions, which is basically boycotting. We're not going to spend money with you, and we don't want our allies to spend money with you. So we need to reward our friends and punish our enemies the same way in our communities. You know, if you don't want to do anything about uh, the, the NFL, if you don't want to do anything about uh, these uh, shootings, you know, and you're getting paid now off of us, 
getting paid off our skill, our labor. But you don't want to speak against the things because even if one of your athletes is driving down the street, they don't know he's a professional football player. Mm-hmm. They don't know where he went to school is. They don't know his faith, what class he is. They know he's black. He's driving while black. And so even one of your players is subject to be unjustly killed because of the color of his skin. So that's the thing right now. We got to become self-sufficient. We got to support our own. And we have to not support those who don't support us. We have to reward our friends and punish our enemies. That's a good note to tie this whole thing together on. Can you tell the people where the things that they can do to follow us online to keep keep the support up? You want to uh, find us on SoundCloud? SoundCloud. Uh, also, if you have the iTunes app, uh, you can reach the podcast on the iTunes app. But find us on social media on the Business Building Block Facebook page. Like the page. Share the post because we share, you know, we limited on the show. We can talk about so much. But the uh, the, the virtual space is ongoing. We continue the conversation on our yeah, social media. And so, the subject matter. Yeah, so contact us on that and let's keep the conversation going. Twitter. And Twitter. YouTube. YouTube. And Facebook. And Instagram. Yeah, and Instagram. We already said Facebook, but yeah. Follow us on our personal pages. Follow me at Wazir underscore W-A-Z-E-E-R underscore at and, Nations. And is that, what's that? Uh, That's Instagram. Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. Oh, I'm at Nations Building on, Nation Builders on Instagram. All right. Well, thank y'all for listening. This has been the Business Building Blocks podcast. You have the blocks, now get to building. See you next time.